0: Good evening and welcome to episode twenty, the Labor Day edition of the Dollar Dogs and Beer podcast. I am your host Andrew, and with me tonight is my buddy Joe. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing pretty good, Andrew. How about you? <laughs> well, baseball wise, not as good as you because the Cubs were
1: on fire last week. Man, it was awesome to see. Yeah, it was so much fun to so much fun to see, Andrew. What are you drinking tonight? Tonight I am
0: drinking a uh, Trogue's favorite, the Lucky Holler. It's a it's a hazy IPA. Uh, you know, IPA is not my favorite thing, but this is a, a really solid IPA. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. What do you got, Joe?
1: I'm drinking a good old crisp and refreshing Angry Orchard because I'm feeling pretty refreshed after this last week for the Cubs. And now that my blood pressure has dropped, same for my Notre Dame Fighting Irish. <laughs> yeah, that
0: game last night, I was wondering if they were going to pull that off or not. It was uh, that was kind of close,
1: wasn't it? I'll tell you what, they certainly didn't deserve to win. <laughs>
0: It was yeah I I was watching the uh, I was watching Twitter blow up and I was like man I am so glad I'm not playing tonight and I could just sit back and just enjoy a game and not have to worry about the outcome uh, so let's let's get into baseball although I don't really want to initially <laughs> so Atlanta it was a rough start to the week last week they got swept by the Dodgers Game one, the Dodgers treated Drew Smiley like a batting practice pitcher. They took Game one five to three. It ended the Braves' thirteen-game road winning streak. Julio Urias picked up his MLB-leading fifteenth win of the season. He went six innings, four hits, two earned runs, didn't walk anybody, and struck out seven. Though he did allow two home runs, which that's hard as hell to do to Urias. So I'll take it. Uh, Smiley not so good. Four and two thirds, nine hits, five earned runs, no walks, five strikeouts, and four hits. I'm sorry, four home runs, excuse me. Home runs were given up to Mookie Betts, Max Muncie, Will Smith, and Corey Seager. And again, all the home runs they hit, they were off Smiley. Freddie Freeman, Jorge Soler, and Adam Duvall did hit homers for Atlanta to get the game close. The Braves had the potential go-ahead run at the plate in the ninth inning with one out. Darnot had singled. Swanson followed with the broken bat single off Blake Trianen. But then Duvall took a called third strike, and pinch hitter Stephen Vogt flight out to center to end it. And he had... Joe, he hit it pretty good, but it was just about a quarter inch under, and that's all, it, that's all it takes to mean the difference of over the wall and deep in the outfield. Yep. So that was uh, Treenan's fifth save of the year for the Dodgers. Game two saw the Atlanta bullpen fail to hold a lead in the seventh and eight innings. Seeger hit the tie-breaking double in the eighth. The Braves lost all-star second baseman Ozzy Albies after he fouled a ball off his left knee, and he actually, um, Joe, he had to be carried off the field. That was a really, really scary-looking injury at the time. Thankfully, we found out after the game, x-rays were negative, and uh, he did come back later in the week, so just a couple of days off, thankfully. Uh, at the time, he was batting two sixty and led the National League with in extra base hits with 63 on the season, so big loss for a couple games. Uh, Mookie Betts drew a leadoff walk from Tyler Matsick, who is now 0-4 in the season. He then scored from first and Seegers hit to deep right center, which gave the Dodgers their first lead of the game. That ended Matzik's streak of 18 and a third scoreless innings, so he did pretty well since that rant I had on him about about a month ago. Uh, Starter Charlie Morton gave up only one run in six innings. He struck out eight and only walked two, and that was his first outing at Dodger Stadium since he was the winning pitcher in Game 7 of the 2017 World Series. So that was uh, probably a little bittersweet for him, and the Dodgers were probably happy to not let him have another win there. So... uh, 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 Jensen came in and he got his 30th save in the ninth inning. Mookie also made a tremendous catch in the 2nd inning. Travis Darno uh, smashed one. That should have been a home run and he uh, leaped right over the wall and snatched it back. So, you know, uh, hell of a catch by Mookie. you got to give him credit for that one. Game 3. There was another Dodgers rally as they came back in the 8th inning to win 4-3. to three. Uh, Justin Turner and A.J. Pollock singled home the tie-in go-ahead runs through the same infield hole in the 8th inning. And that was a four to three win for the Dodgers. Max Scherzer dominated the Braves while he was out there. He went six innings, three hits, didn't allow any runs, no walks, nine strikeouts. Uh, he did leave the game in the sixth. Joe, I think he said he had uh, some kind of either a hamstring or a quad tightness. Nothing that needed to, nothing that he was worried about coming up. But he said it was something he just had to try and pitch around. So clearly, he did just fine at that. Max Freed had a solid start for Atlanta. He went six innings, three hits, two earned runs, one walk, nine strikeouts, two home runs allowed. Eddie Rosario tied it up for Atlanta after Scherzer left with it, hitting a two-run homer off of Great Earl. Then Swanson broke the tie in the eighth inning for his 26th home run of the season. Um, now, the Braves, they've lost their third game in the row for the first time since they had a four-game skid June 9th through 12. They also dropped their first road series since July 5th through 7th at Pittsburgh. And they've also lost seven in a row in 10 of 11 at Dodger Stadium. This is including playoff numbers, too. Dansby Swanson after the series said, quote, we just didn't hit consistently enough to give ourselves a chance, but we pitched the ball pretty freaking good. There were a lot of good things from the series, and I feel like this was a really, really good experience for us because this is what it's going to be like for us come the end of the season and the playoffs. Just glad to go through it at the end of August and not October. And I agree with Dansby. Looking at the series as a whole, the offense didn't do enough. The pitching did really well overall. You didn't see the Braves get shellacked in any of those games, despite that incredibly potent Dodgers lineup that when they get going, Joe, it's hard to get an out anywhere in
1: there. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, the the only bad start of those three was, was Smiley. Um, you know, another wasted start by Charlie, for Charlie Morton. Another wasted start for Max Freed. You know, it's... It, Yeah, there's the diff that the difference between playoff teams and sitting at home teams is not losing those starts. So hopefully they can they can turn around and like you said, hopefully they can keep the bats going. Yeah, agreed. And the one thing the bats going, I guess.
0: Yeah, you know the one thing I was really encouraged by, despite the low offensive output, they still were able to generate hits and generate offense against the Dodgers bullpen. Their starters. Let's face it, in a three-game or a five-game series, L.A. is going to throw the best starters at you that you're going to see from any team in baseball right now other than maybe the White Sox. So to beat the Dodgers, you need to get their starters out of the game and then you need to be able to damage the bullpen. And Atlanta showed that even though they didn't get the results, they're able to do that. So if the Braves face the Dodgers in the playoffs, I feel okay going in that it's not going to be an automatic sweep and an automatic out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's in a in a seventh series, I mean, you could, the Dodgers can go four starters deep. I know, That's crazy. That's, you never see that anymore. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane.
0: All right, then after the series in Los Angeles, the Braves hopped on the plane and went up a mountain to Colorado to face the Rockies, and they ended up splitting this series. So in game one, both starters struggled as the Braves outlasted the Rockies 6-5, to five. Tukey Toussaint did not have a good start in this one. He only went three innings, five hits, five runs, only four of which were earned. He didn't walk anybody. He also didn't strike anybody out. But he did give up one home run, which was a grand slam to Charlie Blackman. Chichi Gonzalez, on the other hand, for the Rockies. He went three and two-thirds, four hits, three earned runs, four walks, and a strikeout. When he gave up a home run to Soler in the first inning. The big home run for Atlanta was from Adam Duval. It was a two-run home run in the three-run fifth inning. And Austin Riley also had a two-RBI double. Freddie Freeman had a double right before that. The five Braves relievers, Joe, they combined for six scoreless innings, and Will Smith picked up his 30th save. I don't remember where I saw it, but I think I, I, maybe it was on the broadcast. That's one of the first times or one of the very few times any team has ever thrown six relievers at
1: Coors Stadium and not allowed a run. That's just remarkable. I'm sure it's never happened, or at least not often. Um you know normally, normally, you get someone who gets one just just high enough to get to the air, but right
0: it it doesn't take much to knock no, a ball no. out of that ballpark and then game two, Ozzy came back from his knee injury and with a bang, he hit a lead off home run, but Unfortunately, the Braves fell four to three. Antonio uh, Sensatella pitched well for the Rockies. he went seven innings six hits, three earned runs didn't walk anybody, and struck out three, and allowed just the home run to Ozzy. Wasker, you know, also didn't pitch bad for Atlanta. Five and two thirds, five hits, four and runs, a walk, five strikeouts, but the offense didn't pick him up that night. And unfortunately, Coors Field, if you give up four runs, it's usually not, you know, it's usually going to be a, tr- a problem for you. Charlie Blackman homered once again for the second time in as many nights. And CJ Crone hit a go ahead single in the sixth inning. Carlos Estevez pitched a hitless ninth for his fourth save in eight chances. Um, Down 3-2 going into the sixth. The Braves had a two-out double from Freddie Freeman and an RBI single by Riley. Um, When Riley tried to advance for a double, he was thrown out at second base by left fielder Ramil Tapia. Um, He was initially called safe on the field, and then replay looked at it and and reversed it. Uh, Joe, I I don't really agree with the replay. It's just like we talked about last week. We need standard camera angles everywhere, because everything I saw, I, I really thought he got under it, but apparently New York saw something different not that we know what New York saw because MLB has no
1: transparency I didn't see that one so I'd have to look at it yeah it to to form an opinion on it but
0: and here's the thing even in the even in the replays it to me it didn't look definitive enough to overturn you know does MLB have a rule where you leave it stand if you can't say 100% certain what happened I thought they did yeah so who knows Game three, we had yet another freaking Charlie Blackman home run. Ramil Tapia had a go-ahead sack fly, and the Rockies hung on to beat the Braves 7-6 Saturday night. C.J. Cron also hit a home run for the Rockies. Ozzy had a home run for the second straight game, and Darno hit a home run in the ninth as well, as they were trying to rally late. Uh, with the score tied 4 all heading into the bottom of the sixth, the Rockies finally broke through against the Braves bullpen that had gone 10 and the third scoreless innings to that point in the first three games of the four-game set. Trevor Story also had an RBI triple. Uh, Neither starter ended up being a factor by the end of the game. Ian Anderson only lasted three innings, gave up four in runs. Marquez gave up four runs in five innings. Um, Estevez did pick up his fifth save of the season at that point. And then in Game 4, the Atlanta Bats woke up for a very big 9-2 victory to split the series. Rockies starter Ryan Feltner made his first MLB start, and Ozzie Albies hit a home run on the very first pitch he threw. Welcome to the show, kid. (laughs) This was Ozzy's. Third straight game with the home run, and Riley Duvall and Darno also all hit home runs. Charlie Morton had a great start and got picked up this time. <laughs> Seven innings, two hits, two earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts. Uh, Felder's first, first pitch homer to Albies was the first time his starter had given up a home run on the first pitch of his Major League debut since Miami's. Robert Duger allowed a leadoff home run to New York Mets' Jeff McNeil, August 5th, 2019. Now, interestingly, Joe, in the Rockies series, Drew Smiley was only used out of the bullpen. So, is his starting rotation spot in jeopardy. He's allowed 27 home runs this season, which is tied for 7th most in MLB. And of his 23 starts, only 6 have been counted as quality starts.
1: Um, Maybe it's something where you you let him stretch out in the bullpen and kind of see what he can do. See if he can kind of find his groove again. Um, I mean, he was pitching... He was one of the best, brave, better, brave pitchers for about a month there. Yeah. Um, well, so he, he's kind of come back down. Hopefully he can kind of figure some things out, retool some pitches, and, and get it back together. I, I don't know that he'll long-term be out of that spot. Maybe it's just you know, a short-term thing until he figures things out.
0: What, what was interesting to me with Smiley is during that run, the thing that we noted time and time again was he wasn't giving up home run balls. And now that that Dodger series, those look like batting practice fastballs. Every time he threw a fastball up, it got crushed. And, you know, he he said after the game, well, you know, I guess their plan going in was to try and jump on me and hit right away. Well, after the second home run, you'd think you would have adjusted and started throwing more breaking balls or throwing that first pitch off the plate just to get them off balance.
1: Yeah, you got to change locations. You've got to keep them guessing. you got to... You know, see what kind of calls you can get off the plate or in the on inside. Yeah, you got to do something to to keep him off balance. I, I you know, I, the home run thing. I, I mean, Hendricks gives up a ton of home runs. Yeah, Hendricks um, is actually one of the few pitchers ahead of him. <laughs> right, and and you know that's 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 one of the curses with someone who throws as slowly as he does and more of a control thing. And then when his control's off, forget it. Yeah. Um, you know. Fortunately, most of the time, it's solo shots. Um, I don't know if that's uh, the case for, for Smiley. Uh, no. But it, uh, with, with Hendricks, a lot of times it's solo shots. With al a lot of the times it was solo shots. So uh, if giving up the home runs doesn't necessarily scare you, it's how many are you giving up and how many people are on when you do it. Yeah.
0: And the one thing that Hendricks has that Smiley doesn't is Hendricks has great control most of the time. Mm -hmm. Smiley, we've had a lot of games where he's not throwing first pitch strikes, where he's walking a lot of guys, where he's running his pitch count up early. Uh, Something that uh, Jeff Francoeur was talking about during the Dodgers game was that should the Braves look at running Smiley four innings and then Tukey Toussaint four innings, so instead of doing a six-man rotation, put the two of them together, have Tukey start sometimes first, depending on the lineup, and then Smiley relieve him. You know, it fortunately Snicker has options
1: I I don't know necessarily that I like that idea I, I think Tukey has pitched fairly well the last couple of weeks I don't think we want to do anything to mess with the rhythm he's got
0: yeah I, I tend to agree with that so we'll see what happens Yeah. Um, a fun note Joe that I just saw earlier today after I finished typing this so this is why you have no idea this is coming the Braves are the first team in MLB history to have four infielders with 25-plus home runs and 70-plus RBIs in the same season. Freddie's at 28-73, at 26-89, Dansby's at 26-80, Riley's at 29-87. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: can, can we say best infield in baseball right now? At least offensively. Offensively, yeah. Yeah, Defensively,
1: I, they're not bad. I mean, it's sure as hell not the Phillies. No, uh, yeah, but the offensively, that's... That's hard to beat. <laughs> that, that's very hard to beat.
0: <laughs> um, two injury updates. Tom, Josh Tomlin went on the 10-day IL with a strained neck. If that turns into a 60-day stint, I am not going to be upset in the slightest. And Chris Martin went to the 10-day IL with elbow inflammation. That's his second IL stint after missing a month of shoulder inflammation earlier this season. And Martin's been hit pretty hard lately, so I wonder if this has been lingering for a while and it's just finally gotten to the point where he can't pitch anymore. And then, Joe, breaking news today out of Atlanta. The Braves signed Charlie Morton to a one-year, $20 million extension. The contract also includes a $20 million club option for 2023 with no buyout. A great move by Atlanta. Walk up the guy who's been the anchor for your rotation and a great mentor to the young pitchers around him. Because, I mean, consider Freed and Yanoa and Sirocco are all in their early 20s. Actually, all might be 23, now that I think about it. So, a good veteran presence, and honestly, the 15 million dollars we signed him for this year worth every penny and the 5 million dollar raise I think he's earned it
1: oh yeah he's he's definitely earned it he's been on the wrong side of a couple of bad bullpen games and a couple of games where the, the bats just weren't hitting otherwise I, I, you know he's in a totally different realm you, statistic wise
0: i mean you take you know you take four of those bad starts flip them to wins and he's in the cy young race
1: yeah, I, I I don't know
0: that he passed the Dodgers pitchers, but no, he's, I, he's in I, the he, conversation.
1: Your, your Cy Young race as of right now is <laughs> Bueller Dodgers, Scherzer, Dodgers. You know, <laughs> Urias uh, and Urias,
0: Wheeler to keep Jason happy. Although Wheeler Wheeler has not been s- stellar the last couple starts.
1: Last couple starts, but I think if if he has a strong September, I think that'll that could bode well for him. That should, yeah. You know that Brandon Woodruff from Milwaukee. I,
0: yeah, that's true. Woodruff just kind of gets... He's had a really good year, too, and it just kind of gets ignored because the Dodgers pitchers are pitching out of their minds right now.
1: Well, that and I think Milwaukee has been in control of that division since you know mid, June. mid-June. Yeah. So, uh, really, you know, there, there really hasn't been much to talk about there. Yeah. I think a lot of the White Sox starters get lost in the conversation, too, because they've been in control of that division since April.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, that's the truth.
1: All right, Joe, anything else from the Braves this past week? No, nothing I saw that was worth mentioning yet. All right, what about the Cubbies? This perfect week they had. Yeah, let's talk about these Cubbies. Uh, I was definitely not optimistic going into this week just because of the way the, the last week had gone. Um, but I had one of those two-game mini-series with the Twins, Ended up sweeping that one. Game one, Schwindel homered for the second straight game. More heroics to come this week from Frank Schwindel, but uh, in game one. And then Ian Happ also had a homer into the third deck. That that was a moonshot. That (laughs) thing was gone. (laughs) That was gone the moment the bat touched it. It it just had that sound of, (laughs) bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, that ball went up into the third deck, and I'm like, Wow. <laughs> I, I didn't know you could hit that one. Jeez. Um, and, and the Cubs beat the Twins 3-1 to in game one. Davies didn't finish to fifth, so no decision for him. But he didn't pitch terrible. Surprise, surprise. Uh, four and a third, six hits, one run, no walks, three strikeouts. So a good start for him. Um, you know, it just didn't last long enough to get the win. Uh, Rowan Wick picked up his first save. Bullpen pitched three and two-thirds scoreless innings, only allowing three hits, which is fantastic. After I've been pretty heavy and mean towards the bullpen in the last few weeks, so that was <laughs> nice to see. Swindell at this point had hit safely in 22 of his first 27 games with Chicago, with six homers and 18 RBIs. He started the day with a 1.009 OPS since July 30th. That's much better now, this a week later, but still. Um, sixth best mark in the National League over that stretch. The Cubs defense also turned three double plays. Uh, game two, you've been schwindel Minnesota. Schwindel stays high, hits a three-run homer, as the th- um, and they shut out the Twins three to nothing. It was the only runs, and it was in the third inning. So a great combined team effort there. Uh, Justin Steele and Azulai combined to throw a two-hit shutout for the Cubs. Steele went five innings aai went four uh Steel's first win since being called up to be in the rotation Aally picked up his first save four innings forty pitches that that's dang efficient and i'm glad that he's you know figuring some things out and getting a chance to to fine tune some stuff now um there's less pressure on him I think that's kind of helping uh Olympian Joe ryan made his MLB debut for the twins. And other than the three-run home run to Swindell, he had five innings, three hits, three-run runs, a walk-five strikeouts. not a bad start, but when your offense isn't helping you, you're not going to get anywhere with that. So that was that mini-series with the Twins. Uh, then we went to a four-game series in Chicago against the Pirates. So, um, you know, I, I said last week, the, the spread between the Cubs and the Pirates for the seller of the division. Now that has gotten bigger, so I'm pretty happy about <laughs> that. Uh, so uh, They swept the Pirates in four games. Game one, Cubs win this game 6-5, to five because the Pirates are the Pirates. Um, in the 11th inning, Alcantara scampers home from third. The second baseman, Wilmer Diffo, mishandled this, this fly ball uh, to second. It, it drops in, and uh, that was Ian Happ who hit that. Um, Ian Happ's first walk-off hit, if you could call it a hit. I guess it's an error. Um, <laughs> Whatever it was, it was a win. But, but anyhow, um, you know, so so it was a good a good game for them. Off, you know, they they were able to to battle in this game. Uh, Ortega and Happ homered for Chicago. Ian Happ had a really good week for for the Cubs this week. Uh, and Alcantara logged his first three-hit game of his career. So that's again. Good start for him. He's kind of a liability on defense, like Ryan Gosling and Remember the Titans. But (laughs) hopefully he can uh, figure out the defense and and be um, a real strong piece for them. Gives them a lot of options. Uh, First three-game win streak for the Cubs since a five-game run between June 8th and the 13th. Pirate starter Mitch Keller had a stellar start wasted going six innings. Six hits, no runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. Pirates tied it in the ninth against Rowan Wick with one out and the bases loaded. Michael Perez drove in two runs with a pinch hit single to right. Uh, Keegan Thompson got just five outs for Chicago. He didn't have a good night um, allowing three runs and four hits. He also struggled in his previous start so um, in that start it was he gave up uh, four runs in two plus innings in that 17 to 13 loss to the White Sox. Uh, Adrian Sampson, Scott Efros, and and Adam Morgan combined to pitch six and a third innings of hitless, hitless relief for Chicago. So, again, some good notes there. But, I mean, the fact that they were able to to save a, a rough start there for Keegan Thompson, who's two bad starts in a row. So hopefully he can – I don't know what's going to happen there, but um, hopefully he can figure some things out. The more reps he gets, the more work he gets. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Wilson being back is going to be huge for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, not that Chirinos isn't a good catcher, but I think that that experience and leadership from Wilson is going to be a, a huge help to him, I think. Yeah, a veteran leader
0: catcher is something that cannot be overlooked and ignored for how valuable that is to a club
1: and your pitching staff. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, game one. Game two, Cubs win this game 6-5. to five. Uh, Hermosillo and Schwindel both hit home runs. Hermosillo also had... Two doubles, I think, in this game as Mm -hmm. well. So he's... Why he doesn't get to start, I have no idea. He has really... He's not started, I don't think, other than once or twice since he came up. And the offensive numbers are showing that he should start. Why Hayward is still starting at this point, I have no idea.
0: Defense! Defense! But defense only... Like, why don't you bring him in in the 7th or the 8th as a defensive replacement? That's when That, that to out. me,
1: would make sense. I think Hermosillo has earned it. Yeah. I think he needs to get in there. Hopefully he does. Um, Anthony Alford for the Pirates hit two long home runs, uh, including one that was a 469-foot monster shot. So, yeah. <laughs> in Wrigley, in that's a monster shot. <laughs> that's a monster shot anywhere, but the Polo grounds the dead center. Right. Um, Hoy Park for the, or for the Pirates also hit a home run. Uh, Alec Mills went five and two-thirds, seven hits, five runs, two of which were earned. No walks, six strikeouts, three home runs. So not his best start, but uh, good enough to not put him in a deep hole. And good enough. I don't know that he got the win, um, but still good enough. The Cubs defense committed two errors in this game. They also hit into three double plays. Ian Happ singled in the third, doubled in the fifth, singled again in the seventh. He's batting 342 in his last 20 games. His average is now 208. He had a really good beginning of the year. Then he had this, like, two months where he just cratered and was terrible. Um, and, and now he's back to, to really seeing the ball well, really hitting well. He's got another couple years here um, that they have control of him, at least next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe a year after that. So. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen with Ian Happ. Hopefully, he can you know, find it and lock it in as opposed to finding it and then losing it and then finding it again. Uh so we'll see what happens there. With him, uh Cubs bench coach game 2 Andy Green uh was in charge of this for uh, up or he's in charge now until uh Rossi comes back. He tested positive for COVID. And interestingly enough, in that game, Joe, uh, Andy
0: Green actually got ejected arguing a call out at second did. base. He did. And as he walked back, to, he said after the game, as he walked back into the clubhouse, he actually had no idea who was running the Cubs for the rest of the game. He assumed it was the pitching coach, but he, he really had no idea, because I'm
1: sure he wasn't expecting to, to get ejected in his uh, first game as manager. <laughs> right, right. So that was game two. Game three, Cubs rallying in the ninth, win this one, seven to six. Uh... Benefit of replay, as far as I could sell, tell, and I've watched the play more times than I can count, I, I still agree with the goal. He still was safe. I didn't see him make a tag. Um, so, Schwindel hustled out hard on a uh, single deep to the hole at short, between short and third, um, and hustled out and beat the throw there. Got an RBI single, uh, and capped the three-run rally with two outs in the ninth inning. So, all of those runs with two outs. They were down 6-4 to four at that point. Um, Swindell had three hits, including the solo home run and the RBI single in the ninth. Uh, the solo home run sailed into Wrigley's left field video board. So... I, I he crushed know, that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's really becoming a folk hero. Uh, he's been affectionately named by uh, uh, John Shambi, uh, Frank the Tank. So... There's a new Frank the Tank in Chicago. <laughs> um, I keep... Uh, the the guys will tell you they're tired of me sending the... Uh, you've been picture. Actually, I love it. Jason might be tired of it, but
0: I think it's hilarious.
1: <laughs> um, and that, it's just... He's just been on a tear. It's been fun to watch. Um, five homers in six games. Ten for the year. Uh, Revis, Alfonso Rivas. Has been up for a couple of weeks. Uh, last week we set we, we talked about how he had his first pitch, first at bat, first, first hit. hit. <laughs> um, so he's been he's been a nice addition. Singled home a run in the ninth that drew the Cubs within six to five, and then Ortega tied it when uh, right fielder Ben Gamble couldn't make a diving catch on that play. Um, so uh, he did make a great Ben Gamble did make a, an amazing. Catch in the ninth inning on Sunday, um, robbing Wilson of a of a of a hit there in the ninth. Um, before again, uh, our favorite hero here uh, <laughs> won won the game again. With uh, so uh, again back to game three. Gamble didn't make the catch. Runners on second, third. Swindell hit a grounder that Kevin Newman gloved in the hole. Newman pivoted, made the midair throw to first. It was wide and. Rand came off the base uh, to catch it. Schwindel made a dive into the bag, narrowly avoided the tag. Again, play with stood video review and it re- <laughs> I'll I watched... be honest with you if it, if I didn't think he got it, but he got it.
0: Now, I watched it a bunch of times too. I think they made
1: the right call not overturning it. Right. Um, so, he, I don't know, he he pulled his, uh, his El Mago impression out for that game. <laughs> um, and Javi had a good week last week, too. So, hey, um, maybe there's something to that. Uh, Hendricks got roughed up in Game 3. He went four and a third, five hits, six runs. All of them earned. Three walks, one strikeout, a home run, as we've talked about. Um, he did get his 1,000th strikeout, so um, there was that bright spot. But he just he's not been too good here the last week or so. Um, and Contreras returned to the lineup in Game 3. From the IL, he went 0-3, a walk, a run, two strikeouts. Uh, Game 4, all-out slugfest for the Cubs. They eventually won this one 11-8. Who else? Frank Schwindel. Hit a go-ahead grand slam in the 8th. Duffy homered twice. One of those was a grand slam as well. Duffy had three hits total for the day. Jason Hayward hit a home run. Uh, Schwindel has homered in three straight games and six of the last seven. Seven of the last eight after today. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Brian Reynolds hit a grand slam and had four hits for the Pirates. Uh, Yoshi, uh, Susugo. Susugo also went deep for Pittsburgh, which has dropped now six straight uh, after Sunday's game. Three grand slams in a game. It's a major league record, two for the Cubs and one for the Pirates. The Cubs had won seven straight games against Pittsburgh to this point. Um, another thing of note with when it comes to grand slams, I saw this earlier um, – the Brewers hit that walk-off grand slam the other day mm-hmm. against the Cardinals. Their high A affiliate had a three-run walk-off former on the same day, and their low A affiliate had a walk-off grand slam.
0: That's, All that's on a, the same
1: day. That's incredible. Uh, that that was stuff that I thought was interesting of a note. Um it's kind of stuff I love about baseball. So, it, <laughs> that's it's it's awesome. again. Um and again, Yes, we swept the Pirates. Yes, we're on a roll. Uh, that Ben Gamble catch in the 8th of, of Sunday's game was amazing. Yes, it was. Um, I will give him credit for that and tip, tip my hat to him. Uh, Schwindel was announced as Rookie of the Month for August. He batted three forty four last month with six homers and 18 RBIs. Um, which Injury updates, Bodie got called back up today. Andrew Romine is DFA'd. No loss. Uh, Except for having the brother's row Yeah,
0: I did like the brother's row but let's be <laughs> realistic. He is not the row they they uh, need on the Aggie roster <laughs> right now.
1: No, and, and he's 36, so um, maybe he'll get another minor league contract next year, get another shot. Yeah. Um, the highlight of that was him and his brother getting to throw to each other. Yeah, that was really uh, cool. In a game a few weeks back. Uh, the question for Cub fans or any fan really is, which nickname do we go with for uh, Mister Schwindel here? Frank the Tank or Schwindy City? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to think about that one. That's th- those are two fantastic
0: options. Uh, I'm not, to be honest, I don't know which way I'm gonna fall on that. I'm gonna I, have to think about that I, one.
1: The other thing is, I think we have a new um, a new. Uh, yeah, you know, we have we've coined the phrase being ground Now we have a new phrase. I think being <laughs> schwindelled <laughs> is a new phrase for the show. Ooh, so
0: man, and he that that offensive week last week. I, I'm just gonna say it now, he is tops of my top hitters of this past week. Holy
1: crap, what a week. If he wasn't, you're a homer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything this, else? Any you're other, a homer. <laughs> any other thoughts for Yeah,
0: I had one note I wanted to make from uh Olympia Joe Ryan. He... Other than the third inning when the Cubs scored all three of their runs, he pitched really well. He retired the first six batters he faced, he had the bad third inning, and then he retired the Cubs in order in each of his other four innings. Three hits, one walk, five strikeouts, and in five innings. That that's, Wow.
1: That's a that's a great start.
0: Yeah, not bad. Good Good job for the Olympian. All right, so let's talk about the Phillies next. I'll, I'll do the first half for you, Joe. So the Phillies started the week by sweeping the Nationals, which, I, God, I'd hope so. The Nationals are pretty terrible. This, um,
1: this is like whether, you know, when Atlanta sweeped the Orioles. God, I hope you did. Exactly. Well, I,
0: but as we're going to find out later this week, you know. So in Game 1, Bryce Harper and Brad Miller hit home runs. Uh, Ronald Torres hit a 3-RBI triple. That was Harper's 10th home run in August. Also his 100th career home run hit in Washington Stadium. Uh, Keyboom hit a home run for the Nats. Wheeler earned the win, although it wasn't a great start for him. Six innings, five hits, four earned runs, four walks, four strikeouts, and a home run allowed. Josiah Gray had his shortest outing for the Nats since they acquired him at the trade deadline. He went four innings, seven hits, six earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts, and a home run allowed. And then Alvarado earned his fifth save of the season. In Game 2, Bryce Harper was a huge factor in Game 2 as he hit the go-ahead single in the the six-run sixth inning to help push the Phillies past the Nationals 12-6. Rafael Marchand, Andrew McCutcheon, and Brad Miller all hit two-run home runs. Boom hit another home run for the Nats. It's back-to-back games for him. Patrick Corbin took the loss. He went five innings, nine hits, six earned runs, four walks, four strikeouts, two home runs allowed. He now leads the majors in losses. The Phillies' offense picked up what... Picked up Matt Moore, who pitched absolutely terribly. He went three and a third, six hits, five run runs, five walks, two strikeouts, and a home run allowed. Uh, the Nationals, Joe, they completed a seven and twenty record in August, their worst full month since going five and sixteen in April of uh, two thousand nine. Woof. Yeah, the woof is right. Oye. In game three, that was delayed until Thursday because of rain. McCutcheon drove in four runs, and the Phillies raced a six run deficit against the Nationals to earn a seven to six victory and that was a three-game series sweep. Nola was disappointing again in this start. He went four innings, six hits, six earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts, and two home runs allowed. The Phillies have scored at least seven runs in seven consecutive games for the first time since June of 1933. I guess they were due. Juan Soto hit a home run. He had four RBIs for the Nationals. I mean, Juan Soto, the dude's doing everything he can to try and make that ball club be at least AAA level. I mean, give him props for that. Uh, Lane Thomas also had a home run for the Nationals. The Phillies rally was aided by a fielding error from Nat's second baseman, Luis Garcia, who hesit- who then, after the error, hesitated on a double play ball that should have ended the inning but only got one out and scored the go-ahead run. And then Ian Kennedy picked up his 20-second save. The Phillies improved to 13-6 and against the Nationals this season. They trailed by at least three runs and seven of their victories over Washington. The most such wins ever by a team against an opponent in a single season in the modern era. That's per uh, Stats, LLC. Um, Joe, I, not not really too much to see here other than the Nationals just blowing it continuously. <laughs> Did you have anything else that you wanted to note from this half of the week?
1: I mean, Corbin being being the leader in losses in the league, I mean, he... he was looking to be pretty promising earlier in the year, so he's really fallen off um, as far as his effectiveness. And again, that's probably because, you know, they had all new players mm-hmm. now. But still, I, I I didn't expect that from him. Uh, Matt Moore continues to do what we expect him to do, yeah, which is not pitch well. And, you know, fortunately, uh, you know, Bryce Harper's there to pick him up.
0: Yeah, thank God for Bryce. Uh, Bryce especially after they had that brief injection of Reese Hoskins to wake that offense up before they lost it when he got hurt for the rest of the year needing surgery. Uh, Harper has been that offense this past month.
1: Absolutely, and, and you know, McCutcheon had, you know, in, in Game 3, was he drove them four runs. They're going to need more consistency from these other guys in the lineup if they're going to make a good push here at the end. Considering the f- the schedule is really in their favor. Yeah,
0: all. absolutely.
1: All right, Joe. Uh, you want to talk about the Marlins? Sure. So, Phillies finished this week. They dropped two of three to the Marlins. They're another road series in Miami. Another frustrating series for whatever reason. The Marlins have Phillies' number, especially on the road. Uh, they got thumped by the Marlins ten to three in Game One, ending their six-game winning streak. Kyle Gibson finally came back down to earth, going five in the third. Eight hits, eight runs, all earned. Two walks, four strikeouts, and a homer. Marlins scored seven of their ten runs in the sixth inning. That inning, holy cow, that inning. That That was a terrible inning for the Phillies. Yeah. Uh, Galvis led the game off with of a homer for the Phillies and also had a double. Chisholm had a double and a triple for the Marlins. He's been really fun to watch. I, I like Jazz Chisholm. He's an exciting player. Right. Uh Sanchez also hit a home run. Chisholm and Rojas went in a combined five for six, scored two runs each, and each drew a walk. So a good day for them. Yeah, when, you're, when the top of your lineup does that, good things happen. Absolutely. Uh, game two, Marlins rallied late versus the Phillies to win 3-2. to two. Rangers Suarez pitch ball well going five innings, two hits, no runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. Girardi pulled him after 71 pitches. Only God knows why. Uh, Suarez agreed with the decision to remove him after the game. He said discomfort in his left triceps prompted the removal. Knowing that now, it makes it at least make a little more sense. Yeah. Because I know during that game, we were all like, what?
0: Yeah, I I thought he'd throw him out at least one more inning.
1: What what is it with... with, uh, Catcher managers and managing pitchers. Holy yeah. cow. Who knows? But that that at least makes some sense. Yeah. Um, you don't want to hurt him. You need him right, right. now. <sighs> and he's really been pitching fairly well. So, I mean, it was a good start. I'm just... It's unfortunate he wasn't able to continue and pitch yeah, absolutely. in this game. Yeah. Um, it's not expected to interfere with his next start. So, that's a good sign as well. Uh, Lewis Brinson hit a go-ahead two-run homer in the bottom of the eighth inning off of Archie Bradley. It was a... Uh, Bradley's third blown save of the year. Miguel Rojas also had an RBI double earlier in the eighth. Dylan Floro earned his eighth save. McCutcheon hit a leadoff homer. And Suarez added an RBI double. So He tried. He, he tried to do it himself too and that's all you, know, you can ask for in, in game two there. Game three, Herrera hit an RBI single in the tenth inning and the Phillies averted a three game sweep, beating the Marlins 4-3 to on Sunday. Harper and Galvis also hit homers. And Harper's, I don't think, that wasn't a solo shot, or today's was not a solo shot. I don't know if yesterday's one of, one was. One of them
0: wasn't a solo shot. <laughs> uh,
1: Herrera went had been 0 for 4 before driving in uh, the automatic runner, Freddy Galvez, from second with his hit-off, Dylan, Dylan Floro, in the tent. The Phillies went with a bullpen game, opening with Coonrod. Hector Neris earned the blown save in the sixth, when... De La Cruz had a RBI fielder's choice after an error earlier in the inning by Brad Miller. Brad Miller is either really good or really bad. Somewhere in the middle. So not very often, but um, we either have good things to say or bad things to say about Brad Miller. Yeah. Narris now has seven blown saves on the season. Ian Kennedy pitched two innings to earn the win. De La Cruz also had a homer earlier in the game off of Falter. Uh, disappointing end of the week for the Phillies as they could not gain any more ground. While Atlanta had a really rough week, uh, Nola is not known for pitching well in September. So can he turn it around and have a a strong September after this? This second half has really been inconsistent. He's gone from tying a record to pitching awful. So ho- hopefully he can figure some things out because it would be really unfortunate for him not to be able to dial in. And they really can't afford. For him to continue to struggle with the offense the way it is. Uh, injury updates for the Phillies. Vince Velasquez, right middle finger blister through three innings and a rehab start Thursday at Le- AAA Lehigh. Alec Boehm experienced a sore wrist during the past week while at AAA Lehigh. You know, the beginning of the week started so well, losing two out of three to Miami certainly didn't help them. Um, I don't know that they they would have swept this one, but at least getting two out of three really would have made a difference for Philly. You know, this is what
0: we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. You need to take... You don't need sweeps, no. but you need to take two out of three, three out of four, whatever it is, against the bottom half of the division. These are the games you need to win, and for whatever reason, Philadelphia consistently plays down to their opponents. They oh. play up to the good ones, they play down to the poor ones.
1: Right, that's that's a big part of it, but I also think, um, you know, this this bullpen. I mean, sometimes they're great, sometimes they're terrible. Some of these guys, sometimes they're great, sometimes they're terrible. But the Marlins just have their number regardless of the situation in the yeah. last couple of years. So I, they always I mean, I they always have. You're hoping to at least get two. To not get two in that series um, is obviously disappointing. Getting one at least makes you feel a little better, but two would have really helped.
0: And there's a weird scheduling quirk this year for the Phillies, Joe. While they are in the easy part of their schedule, none of their division games in September are at home. They're all on the road, which doesn't bode well for a Philadelphia team that has struggled on the road all season.
1: Right, I think that certainly is not going to help them, um, but hopefully they can can iron out some wrinkles here. And, and I mean, if if they're in... DC, that's one thing. If they're in yeah. Atlanta or City, that's
0: another. DC, in DC, I wouldn't be – that's not really a true road game for them for the rest of the year because the Nationals are so bad and DC is so close to Philly. Philly fans will go down south to DC to watch the Phillies. Yeah. So they should – that should be basically a neutral site game for them. But yeah, Miami, they're not going to get a lot of fans down there. Right. Granted, there's only going to be thirty eight and a half people there anyway. So speaking of Aaron Nolan, September – here are his numbers between 2018 and 2020. Pre-September, he was 30 and nine with a 2.79 ERA and 62 starts. In September, between 18 and 20, four and nine with a 4.44 ERA and 17 starts. In 2019, in particular, he went 0 and three with a 6.51 ERA and five starts. So, I don't know if it's late season fatigue. I I don't know what it is for Aaron Nola, but they need him to step up this year they they can't afford nola being a hole in the rotation this late in the season
1: no it's it's absolutely unacceptable at this point so hopefully he can figure that out and and become less of a liability for them yeah all right so looking at the other local teams uh the orioles decided to be the orioles they dropped two out of three
0: from toronto but then they came home and took two out of three from the yankees or actually i'm sorry they were on the road for that series so, go figure. And then they came home today to start a series with the Royals, so we'll see what's going to go with the Orioles. They might get a little momentum into the Royals series and take a game or two. The Nationals, that home stretch did not go well. They got swept by the Phillies, and so far they've lost three out of four to the Mets. Did that game today go final yet? It did. Yeah. Or not,
1: the Mets won that game. They okay. lost that game. Oh, the Mets lost? Yes, they Okay, did.
0: all right, so the Nationals picked up
1: two out of five. Eek. Yeah, yeah so th- Diaz didn't pitch too well from from what I understand. He wasn't really warming up effectively, making effective use of his time in the bullpen today, and then he gave up a couple of runs and a walk, and was not was not impressive. No, definitely uh, not. I I'm not a Met fan, but I follow the LG, LFGM Mets page on Facebook, mm-hmm. and uh, these these Met fans, I'll tell you what. Last week they were booing guys, and and this week they're like talking about how great of a player Baez is after the week they had so uh, you know they're, they're really having some some up and down feelings there uh, in Queens highly
0: consistent that's for sure so speaking of the Mets they turned it around yeah they played the worst two teams in the NLE so I you know take it with a little bit of salt there they took two in Miami one game got rained out so that'll get made up later this month and then three out of four or I'm sorry so they end up three out of five on the road in Washington so they'll head to Miami next before coming back home for a three with the Yankees. I, you know, the Mets, we 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 gave them grief last week and they had earned it. But you know, give the players some credit; they did turn it around. Granted, against very bad competition. So I think we're going to know more about the status of the Mets the second half of this week when they go play the Yankees.
1: Well, and the other thing too with with the Mets is that uh, Nimo just was announced that he's on the IL. At least 10 days. Oof. And he's a guy that was actually doing a lot for them when these other guys weren't hitting, so they can ill afford to lose him for a long term. So
0: by the end of this month, you're telling me they're going to be up to what? Their 114th different starting lineup card? At least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oof. And then the Yankees. Th- this was a rough week. They dropped two out of three to the Angels in Anaheim, and then they came home and dropped two out of three to the Orioles. Um, In one of the Orioles' games, I think it was the second game in the series, Gary Sanchez hit two home runs, one of which was a grand slam, six RBIs for the game. The bullpen blew it. Uh, The Yankees have had bullpen issues all year, and this is certainly not going to help the Yankees fans feel any better going into the playoffs. Uh,
1: I mean, you you hate to see it. You hate to see it. (laughs) (laughs) My only question is, why the
0: hell could they have done that when they were in Atlanta? That's my only question. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. So looking at our secondary topics, we're going to start with a story out west in San Francisco. The Oracle Park concession workers are going on strike. Per the union, the Unite Here Local 2, 96.7% of concession workers at the San Francisco Giants Oracle Park have voted to strike for safety, health care, and hazard pay. At least 20 concession workers have been infected with COVID-19 since the stadium reopened. The workers are employed by Bon Appetit, a company contracted by the Giants. They worked Saturday night, 6-1 loss to the uh, Dodgers, and the union president, Anand Singh, said they will also work Sunday's series finale. Excuse me. Ballpark Food Service workers' 96.7% vote yesterday to authorize a strike shows that we're ready to do whatever it takes to win health care, hazard pay, and safety on the job, Singh said in a statement on Sunday. We're going back to the negotiating table on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week, and workers will report to work for today's game. It's outrageous that COVID infections weren't enough for Bon Appetit and the Giants to start taking more effective safety measures, but we hope our strike vote will be the jolt they need. In a statement to ABC 7 News on Saturday, the Giants said they are encouraging Bon Appetit and local 2 to quote work productively to reach an agreement as soon as possible. Quote: The Giants make the health and safety of everyone working and visiting Oracle Park a top priority. We operate our venue in compliance with local and state health requirements. So, I, you know, I never really thought about that, Joe. That I I just assumed that the concession workers would be getting hazard pay of some variety. I mean. You saw grocery workers getting it, you saw retail workers getting it, fast food workers getting it. I I'm actually a little surprised concession workers weren't included in that, especially in a state like California.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I hadn't heard anything about about this till now, so it's um you know, we'll we'll see what happens here with these with these workers and see what what uh can be worked out. Yeah,
0: and the the Giants are on the road, at least for the first part of the week, so this gives them time to uh, get things hammered out and get an agreement reached before the team comes home. So hopefully that, hopefully that ends up resolving well, both for uh, Bon Appetit as well as for the concession workers. All right, so looking at the playoff picture, if everything ended right now and we started playoffs, Joe, here's what we're looking at. In the AL, your one seed is the Rays, the two seed is the Astros, the three seed is the White Sox. Wild card one would go to the Yankees, and wild card two would go to the Red Sox. In the NL, if it ended today, your one seed is the Giants, the two seed is the Brewers, the three seed is the Braves, wild card one goes to the Dodgers, and wild card two goes to the Padres. So, Joe, what changes do you think are going to happen
1: between now and the end of the season? I don't think the Padres are in that wild card two spot. That's the first thing that sticks out to me. Uh, I don't know who that team's going to be yet, whether it's the Phillies or whether it's, um, you know, whoever loses between the Phillies and Braves, whoever loses that division could be in that spot. Uh, I don't think it's San Diego. They they haven't been consistent enough at, at late to, to really give me enough confidence they're going to stay there. Uh, the Reds have not done enough to... To uh, get a stranglehold on that position, so I, to me, that's probably the loser of the NL East or Cincinnati in that wild card two spot for the NL. Um, before I do the AL, what do you think of the NL? So for the NL, I, I'm curious
0: if it's going to be Giants or Dodgers, because you know the Dodgers are going to be pushing hard until the end of the season to try and get that top seed. So. Let's see, Going right now the difference between the Dodgers and the Giants is only one game. I could see the Dodgers passing the Giants to take the division and bump the Giants down to the wild card. And the Dodgers have been to the playoffs enough that, to know that they don't want to be in that cluster mess of a one-game playoff, which is just dumb. They should go to three if they're going to do it. But I, I digress.
1: I, I think what the Dodgers have going for them, if they are in that wild card, scenario is whoever pitches on Sunday you're guaranteed likely to have a strong starter for that wild card game no matter who it is yeah that's very true Um, which which I think certainly helps them um that that NL the Giants that's their division to lose at this point yeah I
0: do agree with that Um, I also agree with you I don't think the Padres are going to hold the second wild card I think it's either going to be the Reds or the Phillies I don't think here's the thing Joe I don't think Philly's gonna catch Atlanta. They Last week they should have taken two out of three from Miami and they fell on their face. They have a history of playing down to lesser opponents. We're gonna find out a lot about the Phillies this week because they have to go out to Milwaukee to play the Brewers and then they've got four with the Rockies. So theoretically it could be anywhere from one and two to two and one with the Brewers. The Rockies they should take three or four at home. So. We're gonna have a better idea of what we're gonna see from the Phillies after this week, and whether we think they're gonna have enough to beat the Braves. Right now, from what I've seen, I don't think they do.
1: Right, and I think uh, I mean the other thing, the other team that to, to keep in mind just after the last week is, and we'll learn a lot more about them after the week they have this week. But the Mets, can, can they do enough to get even closer? I mean, because last week they were what seven, now it's four or three and a half. I mean. I, a week ago, we did not think that was going to happen.
0: No, it, and that is a fair point. The division race in the East, they're only four games out right now.
1: I don't expect them to take the division, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying as far as a wild card, yeah, so that, that could be a, another potential wild card two team, I That's think.
0: true. Here's the thing. The Mets played the bottom of the NL East. I want to see them do that against teams that aren't garbage. I mean technically even Saint Louis isn't isn't out of the wild card yet. They're still they're only three and a half games behind the second spot. So even Saint Louis, although I, I truly I don't think Saint Louis has enough pitching this year. I don't think they have enough hitting this yeah, year.
1: I, I would agree with you there. I, I t- to me the, the team that sticks out is like you said, either the Reds or uh, for me, either the Braves or the Phillies, whoever doesn't win a division. Yeah, yeah not, the not saying for sure that the Phillies can catch, but whoever doesn't win that, that NL East will be in that wild card two spot, I think.
0: Well, and the other thing that worries me about the Phillies, and I think Jason would agree with us on this, who's going to step up with Hoskins gone? JT Realmuto is playing with a hurt shoulder and hurt knees. That's why they're playing him at first base right now to try and give that shoulder a break. So if JT would, if his shoulder would hurt to the point that he needs to take some days off, who else is going to step up in that lineup? You've got Segura's playing great, McCutcheon's playing great, Harper's playing great. Miller's
1: hit and miss. Mm-hmm. What else is there? I don't know. I mean, does, does Alec Boehm come up at some point? But he just got hurt. Right. So, I mean, that's just... It, it's a mess. It, when When Hoskins came back and they went on that streak, it was just like... It's, okay, this is this is yeah, this, this is, is when they make the run. This is the Phillies um,
0: lineup that they've been waiting for for months and months and boy when they got that lineup plugged in, that was a great lineup. They oh, played yeah. fantastic baseball.
1: We'll, we'll see if they can figure that part out. Hopefully, um someone can can fill that that void and fill that that role or kind of like what we saw with Atlanta when Acuña went out, you, you know, Freddie started hitting. Riley went on his tear that he's been on. You know, other guys are going to have to step up for the Phillies to really make a run here one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the AL, to me, I, I don't know that the Red Sox are going to be there when this is all said and done. Um, it kind of depends what Toronto does here the next week or two with with their schedule. Um, I, I don't know if it's for sure going to be another NL East team, or AL East team, I should say. Uh, the other one to me is, is the A's. Can the A's put enough pieces together to get back at that wild card spot? So here's the I don't wild... think they will. but
0: Here's the wild card standings in the AL right now. The Yankees are a half game up on wild card one. Boston's wild card two. Seattle is two and a half games back. Toronto is three games back. And Oakland is three and a half games back. Everybody else is eight and a half or more back. So I'm not even going to think about any of those teams unless they w- would go on a run.
1: Yeah, I, to me, it's, like you said, either Red Sox or assuming the Red Sox can can keep it together again? Um, here at the end. But uh, Seattle, to me, they didn't make enough moves at the deadline, and they're in the same position they have been in for f- four weeks now. They've been three and a half or four back. They haven't done any moving. So I... To me, I don't think it's them. I think it's it's either Oakland or who was the one of the other teams there at the top. Uh,
0: it was Oakland, Seattle, Toronto.
1: Yeah, to me, it's it's Toronto or Oakland at this point. Okay, I I, I think the Red Sox are going to end up playing their way out.
0: Yeah, yeah, the Red Sox haven't been impressive lately. In their last ten, they're five and five, and they're on a two game skid right now. Um. And the the Yankees haven't been great either. They're three and seven in their last ten on a three game skid. So really, the entire wild card for the AL could change dramatically in the next couple of weeks. I, I Joe, I think we're both safe to. I, I think it's safe to say both the Central leaders, uh, the Brewers and the White Sox, we can lock them in. We don't have to worry about them going anywhere. The White Sox are up ten. The Brewers are up eleven. Uh, short of a historic level collapse, the Central teams are locked.
1: Yeah, I I don't see anything changing there. Um, I don't see us having another situation where, um, you know, like the Mets did a couple years ago where they lost seven games in the month of September. Yeah. Um, I don't see that happening in the Central, at least.
0: And I think, I I don't know that I'm ready to crown Tampa Bay the winners of the AL East, but eight and a half games going into September, that's a good place to start from. Uh,
1: Yeah, I, I just don't think that, The Yankees and Red Sox and and Blue Jays have done enough to make that any more competitive. No. Right now, those guys are beating each other the heck up, and Tampa is still... I mean, I don't know how many weeks running it is, probably the entire length of our show. They've been on the hot list most of the show.
0: Yeah. They haven't had many cold weeks, that's for sure. No. Um, Another thing, Joe... While it's true those teams have been beating themselves up, both Toronto and Seattle right now are on five-game winning streaks. So right now, they are pulling it together. The question is, is it too little, too late, and can they sustain it through the month? Um, I think the Rays are going to take the top seed in the AL. I I, I think that's almost guaranteed. They've got about a nine-game lead over the Astros and the White Sox for that right now. The Astros and the White Sox are literally a half game apart, so the 2 3 seed will swap back and forth a few times. Uh I truth be told it doesn't really matter. It's just going to be home field positioning because they're going to play each other. And the Rays are going to get whoever comes out of that mess in the wild card. I, man, I've got a I've got a real hard time picking picking the 2AL wild card teams right now. I, I, I feel like it won't. I, I agree with you. I don't know that it's going to be Seattle. They're, they also have a negative forty-six run differential. They're the only team of the five major teams in playing in the AL wild card right now. They're the only team with a negative run
1: differential. So I, I think the Yankees did just enough at the deadline to to secure the wild card spot. Yeah, at least one I, of them. I, I think, you know, Rizzo's back now. Um Gallo's been pretty good for them. You know, the the, the wild card, for lack of a better word, um, is Aroldis Chapman for the Yankees. Isn't so. that the truth?
0: Aroldis Chapman has been such a liability out of the bullpen this year. I don't think anybody predicted that when, when we were looking at everything before the season start that started this year. He has been... I, one of the worst relievers available for any team, which, considering the dude throws 101 miles an hour, you wouldn't think that would be the case at all. I mean, yes, he's picked up 25 saves this year. Uh, his, ERA, his record's 5-4. and four. His ERA's up to 3. It's, he got it down under 4. It's at 372. But his whip's at 1.39. I mean, Joe, he's letting runners get on base this year at a rate you almost never see from him
1: i i don't know i I think he's lost his touch but i i I think i still think that the yankees have enough pieces to get there
0: his 1.39 whip is the highest it's ever been in his career that's crazy all right so let's look at our hot hitters from the past week so, my big three for the week was, obviously, number one had to be Frank Schwindel, as I said earlier in the show. I, his line for the week, Joe, 462 one point oh three nine, twelve 1.039, 12 hits, 5 home runs, 7 runs scored, 12 RBIs, 2 walks, and only 3 strikeouts. I also had Jonathan VR of the Mets, 400-438, 767. He and 12 hits, 2 doubles, 3 home runs, 7 runs scored, 5 RBIs, a stolen base, 2 walks, and 6 strikeouts. And... My still my pick for AL MVP, Vlad Guerrero Jr. four forty four sixty two eight hundred eleven hits three home runs six runs scored six RBIs a walk two strikeouts.
1: What else do you have for hitters this that, that, week? That's that's hard to argue with. Um, I think VR was crucial to the Mets getting some games back this last week. Um, he he really has been a steady guy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, with the inconsistency they've had throughout the rest of the lineup, so uh, his week was huge for the Mets to be in the position they're in now. Um, a week after the dumpster fire, mm-hmm. um, Guerrero Jr. is unbelievable. He hit his 40th homer today. Yep, um, I think there's only two father-son combos to do that to have both have 40 homers. I saw that stat this afternoon. It's it's those two and then I forget who the other one is. Would it be the Griffies or the Bonds? It has to be one of the two of them, I would think. I have to look it up again, but yeah. I don't I don't think it was. I'll let you somebody th- else.
0: I'll let you look that up later. Uh, I you know I want to point out that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is up to ninety eight RBIs as well, and he is still leading the AL in average at three twenty one. Uh, Otani's been outstanding, no doubt about it. Here's the thing. If the Blue Jays slip into one of those wild card spots, how do you not give it to Vlad Guerrero Jr. for MVP?
1: There's no other. I, I, I don't remember, know. Remember, it's like we've pointed out.
0: Unlike Cy Young, MVP gets tied so heavily to how the team does. Unless you're just absolutely phenomenal out of the park in all offensive categories, compared to everybody else.
1: Right, and I, I think um, you know, Atani's done himself some favors here the last couple of weeks. With regard to that conversation, so mm-hmm. I, that's going to be an interesting vote.
0: I, I'd love to, I'd love to pick the brains of a couple of the guys doing the voting to see what they think because this is this is one of the more fascinating MVP races we've had in years, honestly. All right, for my pitchers this week, I had Toronto's Robbie Ray two and zero fourteen two thirds innings, five hits, two runs, four walks, twenty strikeouts, one home run allowed, one thirty two ERA, and a point six six WHIP. Julio Urias of the Dodgers, 2-0, 13 innings pitch, 12 hits, 3 earned runs, no walks, 15 strikeouts, a two thirty one ERA, and a 1.03 whip. And Charlie Morton of the Braves, 1-0, 13 in the third innings, 5 hits, 3 earned runs, 4 walks, 12 strikeouts, a 2.08 ERA, and a very nice 0.69 whip. Uh, what else do you have for the pitchers this week, Joe?
1: Hard to argue on starters. Um, if you're looking through, through today... Uh, Scherzer had 13 strikeouts in his game today. so He's had 22 strikeouts since last week. Uh, not to not to put the knife in your back there. A it's bit, not. But...
0: He he's been outstanding since he went to the Dodgers. It's not like he was having a bad year in Washington. He just had no run support.
1: Yeah, and I have our uh, our weekly adulting relief pitchers for the week. <laughs> um, go ahead. So, uh, Liam Hendricks, couple guys from Chicago. Liam Hendricks. Uh, for the white Sox, three for three and save opportunities three and two thirds two hits three strikeouts uh no walks a 0.55 whip and a 167 batting average against so no runs in that in his 3.2 innings either not bad uh and then rowan wick for the cubs three for four save opportunities five innings three hits two runs one earned, two walks eight strikeouts a even one whip and a 176 batting average against. That's not bad at all. You know, it, it's interesting, Joe. We were talking about some of the AL
0: pitchers and the AL Cy Young Award in the uh, group chat this week, and you know, I I took I took some time to actually look at the AL leaderboard because I don't do it often with their pitchers because I don't really follow the AL very much. And you know, Jason thought I was mentioning Robbie Ray because I don't want a Yankee to win it, and Garrett Cole, but. Listen to this, Joe. Robbie Ray right now leads the AL in ERA at 2.6. Cole is at 2.73. Garrett Cole has 14 wins. Uh, Robbie Ray is at 11. Strikeouts, Cole is at 215. Robbie Ray is at 212. Whip, Cole is at 0.97. Ray is at 0.99. Batting average against, Ray is at 0.203. Cole is at 0.207. Innings pitched. Robbie Ray is leading the AL at 166 innings, and Garrett Cole is at 155 innings, eighth in the AL. Talk about a guy we we really haven't been paying enough attention to. Uh, Robbie Ray, holy
1: crap. Yeah, I I think, you know, with, with the sons of former big leaguers and where they kind of fell off for a little bit there, I think that's part of why we haven't talked about him too much, but um, Garrett Cole, I think, has been just a, a godsend for the Yankees this year. Yeah, um,
0: I, and I'm not taking away anything from Garrett Cole's season, but like I said, I was—that's the first time I've looked really closely at the AL pitching stats in probably a month and a half, and I. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it came down to Robbie Ray versus Lance Lynn at this point.
1: Yeah, it very well could. I think the, um, you know, how all those pitchers do down the stretch here is going to yeah. make a big difference. Yeah, this last I, month I is think, be huge. I think if Toronto doesn't make the playoffs, um, again, not that the Cy Young is tied to that, but, you know, if, if Toronto doesn't and the Yankees do, I think Cole's winning it.
0: Yeah, that might be what pushes it over because he and Cole are so close on so many statistics. That's absolutely insane.
1: Right, and I think the innings pitch thing. I think, I think Cole was out for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. at, with COVID, and another time I think with an injury. So yeah. without that, I, I think it wouldn't even be it wouldn't be as close as it is right now. True, from that standpoint.
0: Yeah, that's very true. All right, hot teams for the week. I had the Phillies, the Mets, the Brewers, the Cubbies, the Dodgers, the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Mariners. Uh, Did you have anybody else you wanted to add?
1: I didn't. um, I I mean, I don't know that Jason would think that the Phillies are hot right now. Um, The Mets. Hey, I I used the same logic for the Phillies that I used for Atlanta
0: last week, so he can (laughs) shut up on that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I (sighs) – it was. It was still, the, the, the Mets, still, had, a, the Mets, Mets still had a good, good week. The Mets had a good week against awful competition. Um, not to take away from it, obviously, because right. they, they needed it. Yeah. Um, in, in the worst way possible, I think. Um, the Giants, for me, just because they were able to take two out of three in that Dodger series, they're able to maintain control in, in that division. I
0: that was a heck of a series to watch. Honest to goodness, I was. Uh, I you know me. I'm not I don't watch West Coast baseball very often. I was thoroughly enamored watching that Dodgers Giants series.
1: Yeah, I think I think because they were able to maintain control um of that division out of the, out of the weekend they're out there on the list. Not necessarily for how many wins they had the last True. week, but to maintain control of the division and take that last series. Where where if you're at a tiebreaker situation, I think they I think the Giants now have a one-game uh, lead on that series. Then, I, I think so, you're right. so. So, I mean, you, you've, you've secured yourself if if it comes down to a, it, can't come down to a tiebreaker. You're going to win the division. Yeah. All
0: right. Yeah, I, I I I can't argue with that. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I think to the Mariners. I think we have to see if they're able to do enough and have another other things go their way to really to make a run here. I just don't think that they're going to do enough down the stretch here. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick
0: break, and then we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So uh, Joe, in the break, was looking up the other father-son duo to hit 40 home runs in a season. And Joe?
1: Yeah, we looked that up in the break here. It, It was... Prince and Cecil Fielder was the other father-son duo. Uh, Bob and Barry Bonds, Bobby got 39 once. Oh, so they just missed it. And 37 another time. Uh, Griffey Sr. was not a huge power threat, so he only ever had 21 in a year. Okay, all right, uh, fair but enough. But yeah, it was Prince and Cecil. Cecil hit the mark twice, first in 1990 when he hit 51, and then 44 the following year. Prince hit that number twice with the Brewers in 07 and 09. Um, Senior hit 42 homers when he was 24 with the Expos, and then hit it another time the next year, hit 40 homers. He has 449 for his in his Hall of Fame career, Vlad Senior does. Can't argue with that. All right, and then one other
0: uh, one other streak that ties an all-time Hall of Famer so last week I mentioned how Wander Franco's uh, of the Rays, the rookie, he is up to he was up to uh, somewhere in the twenties last week for uh, on base streak. He now today swung so we'll at the first pitch he saw from Chris Sale on the Monday afternoon, launched off the center field fence, hustled to third base, and extended his on base streak to 36 games, tying Mickey Mantle that's good company for the all time
1: and he's a rookie
0: <laughs> yeah a rookie wow. shortstop 20 years old holy cow that's that that's absolutely incredible it ties him with Mickey Mantle for the longest such streak in American league history by a player 20 years old or younger jeez damn that's incredible that is absolutely incredible when mantle did his 36 ga- uh, game streak Joe. That was September fifth of fifty one through May fourth of fifty two. The only the only player with a longer on base streak for players under twenty one, Frank Robinson. He did it in forty three straight games for Cincinnati from May twenty sixth to july seventh of fifty six. So that's the next goal for Franca. That, that's the major league record.
1: So wow. That's that's great company to be in, and he's only that, a rookie. That is, it guess, nuts.
0: Not not bad at all, huh? No. All right, let's look ahead. So Atlanta, after an absolutely brutal week last week, it, the schedule lightens up and does them some favors this week. They have three at home versus the Nats, Freed versus Espino, an unannounced spar- starter versus Nolan, and y- Yanoa versus Fetty, and then three at home versus the Marlins, Anderson versus Rodgers, Morton versus Hernandez, and Freed versus Cabrera. Can I just say, thank God we don't have to face Alcantara. I am yeah. not complaining even
1: slightly about skipping Alcantara this time, <laughs> right? And I think um, you know if if Alcantara is pitching against you or the Phillies, that's an automatic loss. You have to at look least, at it at least, that way. At least when he's... we look at it for Pickham, it's like
0: nope. Yeah, that's probably the game you're going to lose because he's just been so good against us. Um, I, I I think Atlanta this week, Joe. I think they they need to take two and one in both series at least. I think they get a sweep in at least one of them. My guess is possibly the Marlins. or the, I think the Marlins more than the Nats, but we'll see. But they need to take two out of three in both series to stay ahead of Philadelphia. The Cubbies this week, three versus the Reds, Steele versus Gray, Samson versus Miley, and Mills versus Gutierrez. And then three versus the Giants. Hendricks versus an unannounced, Davies versus an unannounced, then Steele versus Gossman. So, eek. The difficulty ramped back up quite a bit this week, didn't it?
1: It sure did. Um, Again, I'm continuing to be impressed by Justin Steele. He had a win last week. I think he could get at least one this week. Um, I don't know that he qualified for the one today. Uh, He did not. Uh, so I think you know he could he could get that one on Sunday. He's been the real um, strong guy they they've had that's been new yeah. the last few weeks. Alec Mills has been pitching pretty well, so hopefully he has a good start there. They're in Wrigley, so that should help. Uh, that Giants series to me, that's gonna be fun. Friday to watch the KB stuff and um, you know all of that. I think that could be a lot of. Fun. A lot of fun I'll be interested to um, talk you know look at the tributes and talk about those next week I think that'll be a, a fun series yeah that that should be a great series plus it, it, this is an important series for the
0: Giants you know we were talking about it last section how the Giants and the Dodgers are tooth and nail for that NL West spot and you don't want to drop to the wild card and be stuck in that one game playoff that that's not the place you ever want to be so it's this is a big week for the Giants and the Cubs They've been playing better at home lately. And you, these are good pitchers for the Cubs to run out. I'd rather see Mills in Game 2 than Davies. But I, honestly, I think this lines up well for the Cubs to at least try and play a little bit of spoiler and take at least one, maybe even two games from the Giants.
1: Uh, yeah, I think at least one, maybe two. But uh, yeah, I, again, like you said, they're, they've been playing better at home. Davies has been up and down so uh, like you said I'd I'd rather have Mills in that spot if it were me but um, at least one maybe two yeah and I think to me again to me the bigger story for that series is going to be you know all the Bryant tributes on Friday and that's an afternoon game so just the way it should be in Chicago I'm I'm sure I'm sure uh, you know I'm sure that there'll be plenty of Chicagoans calling off work on Friday to go to that a
0: lot of kids uh, who missed the bus going to school that morning, too. Right, right. Just to make sure they can get to the game. But, hey, it, that's the best part of baseball, right? Absolutely. And then the Phillies this week, it's its a tougher week in the beginning. They've, they're they on the road, three at the Brewers. Wheeler versus Woodruff, Nola versus, versus Lauer, and Gibson versus Peralta. So good pitchers for the Brewers as well. this It's not like they're lucky to go one, two, three versus three, four, five. And then they come home and have four versus the Rockies, Suarez versus uh, Senzatella, Moore versus Marquez, Wheeler versus Friedland, and Nola versus Gonzalez. You know, again, which Nola is gonna show up this week? Are they gonna get two good starts? Are they gonna get one good, one bad? Are they gonna get two good starts? We know Nola traditionally has not pitched well in September. Is he ready to finally do that? His innings load is lower this year than it's been coming into a September. So theoretically that should help him, but he's just been all over the place.
1: Yeah, I think the bigger story is going to be in this Brewers series is going to be Gibson. Can he kind of, you know, was that a one-off? And, you know, is he going to have a better start that week? I, I think this is a huge week for Philly. Um, they won big today. I think it was 12-0 mm-hmm. uh, against Woodruff. So that was that's a great start to the week if you're Philly. Uh, this is huge because you've got – this series, this week here with the Rockies and Brewers and then you have an off day Monday and I think the the Cubs are in town at the beginning of next week for Philly um, you know so that's going to be um, you know they need that momentum going into that series I think next week
0: yeah they will need that momentum this is what Jason had to say about today quote the Phillies have scored more runs today when they faced a Cy Young candidate than they did in the entire weekend series versus the Marlins
1: yeah you really um ain't baseball great huh right that's the Phillies playing up to the better opponents playing
0: down to the lesser opponents my god it's
1: it's, it really is truly mind-boggling how much of a um thorn in the side the Marlins have been
0: (laughs) absolutely ridiculous yeah, I, I'm not worried about the Phillies versus the Rockies. The Rockies have been absolutely putrid on the road. They are phenomenal at home. Like I mentioned last week when we were looking at the week ahead, the Rockies have one of the best home records in baseball. And you know, we were talking about it in the group in the group chat. You know, it, it, was it you or Jason who brought up? Was I just making an
1: excuse, or did I really believe that with uh, with the Rockies? Well, what we talked about was. Again, yes, the Rockies are playing great at home, but if you want to be a playoff team, you've got to win these games. Yeah, like you you can't you can't just fall back on that. Um, that's not something that you're going to accept in October. If they go into L.A. or San Francisco, you're going to be like they needed to play better.
0: No, I do agree with that. That said, I my two points that I made in the group chat, and, I, and I'm going to make here. Colorado is unique from all the other ballparks in baseball because of the altitude. It's hard to pitch there because you can't get as much rotation on the ball, and the ball flies so quickly. You can make freaking Vince Coleman of the 1970s and 1980s St. Louis Cardinals look like Barry freaking Bonds because of the thin atmosphere up there. This year, the Rockies have been four, are 45 and 25 at home. That is one of the actually that might be right now. That might be the best record in MLB. No, I'm sorry. The White Sox are 46 and 24, so they have the second best home record in baseball right now. And on the road, they're 18 and 50. My God, talk about an insane home field advantage. You're right. I wouldn't make that excuse with the Dodgers or anybody else but just because Coors is such a unique stadium and with the Braves playing them one time a year in Colorado and never getting used to it like the other NL West teams do it's why I you know I'm not going to make an excuse they really sh- they should have taken two out of three or three out of four last week but I'm okay with two and two because of the factors of Colorado and everything that happens when teams play out there
1: Right, I understand what you're saying. I I just, I I think it it just, initially I was like, okay, but if they did that in the playoffs, we would not be having the same conversation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, One other thing, too, that I remember, years ago, I read Whitey Herzog's biography, actually, I think it's an autobiography. If you ever get a chance, Joe, I do recommend it. He talks about his time with the Royals and with the Cardinals. He actually uh, mentioned, I believe he played in the minors when there was a minor league t- I don't remember who. I think it was the Yankees affiliate, but I don't remember. Maybe a single or double-A team in uh, Denver. And Whitey said, man, if I ever had the chance to manage up here, all I'd want were guys that can throw hard and throw good sinkers to induce ground balls. I wouldn't want any other kind of pitcher out there, because curveballs don't break right out there. And sliders are not as effective. and." It- it's crazy the difference playing it playing out there versus anywhere else. It really
1: is. Oh, agreed. Absolutely.
0: But that said, the Rockies in Philadelphia this week, they're going to get crushed.
1: Yeah. One other thing of note just in general with, with baseball this week, the amount of amazing fielding plays we've seen just in the last week alone yeah, ha- has really been remarkable. There was one in the minors I saw um, that I threw into the group chat. It was from... Sioux City Explorers, and it's just amazing. He's he's tracking his ball to the left field foul pole, and he catches it barehanded in his right hand <laughs> instead of with his glove. That was just an amazing catch. Duffy had a really nice play in the game against the Pirates, where he caught mm-hmm. it over his shoulder, quickly turned around and threw it home, and got the guy out. Of, and then right of course, course, the plate. Pirates
0: were the Pirates, and missed a freaking infield fly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I baseball tonight had to have a heck of a time this week trying to pare down the web gems to just the top five because there were so many good ones this past week
1: yeah and just the amount of like I've, the bleacher nation page on facebook they do a lot of obviously cubs coverage but um whenever there's some play like that they usually put that out and i'm just like
0: wow yeah That's why you and I stopped playing after Little League and these guys are making millions of dollars a year playing baseball. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right, other series I'm looking forward to this week. In the first half, it's the Rays at the Red Sox. Um, That's going to be a huge series for the Red Sox. They need to start winning games because they just haven't been doing that very much if they want to stay in that second wild card. And also, I'm keeping a very close eye on Phillies and Brewers because... We need to take two out of three, and we need the Brewers to take two out of three to keep keep a little bit of cushion between us and the Phillies. And then second half of the week, I'm looking at Yankees-Mets. One, because you always look at that. That's a Subway series you always look at. And they're also playing on the anniversary of 9-11, and the Mets are going to be bringing back the uh, black throwbacks that they actually wore for that game. I think the Yankees and the Mets will be wearing um, NYFD and NYPD hats like they did that very first game after nine eleven, all those years ago. Oh my God, it's twenty years. Twenty that's, years. That's insane. Um, also, this weekend I'm looking at Padres and Dodgers as well. Well, this is a huge series for the Padres. Can the Padres salvage the second wild card spot, or are they going to give it up?
1: Yeah, and they start the week with the Angels. So I, I'm honestly, to me, I feel like they they're just. They're, they're hanging in there because the Reds had a really bad week. Mm-hmm. I, I think otherwise, uh, you know, we wouldn't really be talking about them even anywhere close to it right now.
0: Yeah, no, I agree I, with I'm, that. I'm kind of
1: disappointed with how they've they've played because, it, I mean, we thought it was going to be this amazing three-horse race to the finish, at, you know, a few months back, and it's just been yeah, the two Giants and Dodgers and the Padres the, the have disappeared. The Padres
0: have fallen hard, fallen off so hard, and... I. Man, I I know Tatis
1: got injured a few times this year, but... My God. The amount of plays that they made, or trades that they made, to improve their ball club and to not get enough on that return is... To not get the results that they're expecting. Well, they
0: and they only really made the one big deal to get Frazier from the Pirates. They didn't get any of the pitching, and they knew they needed pitching. I mean, Snell is great, no doubt about it, but... Darvish Dar- is hurt. Darvish has been hurt. And he wasn't even really... He was playing well, but he wasn't playing ace level before he got hurt.
1: Yeah, when, when your only acquisition around the trade deadline and the beginning of August was Jake Arrieta. That's not, uh, that's not a recipe for success if you're the Padres and you're trying to stay in this. And if I
0: remember right, Arrieta made one start, looked exactly like his previous 10 with the Cubs, and then went on the I.L. Probably, yeah.
1: So that's what happens. These pitchers have a really bad game or a really bad couple games, and then they disappear to the <laughs> IL because of shoulder inflammation. Yeah,
0: well, I, like I said with Martin, I think I, I think the elbow inflammation is pretty legit because his ERA has taken a huge spike over the last month. He is you know, earlier in the year he was the Braves' best bullpen pitcher, and now his ERA is back over the fours. So I, there may actually be something to that. Unfortunately, I, I hope he gets better soon. I, I love watching him pitch.
1: I think the other series at the beginning of this week is is Mariners Astros. Can the Mariners, you know, make a an actual push here because they really haven't since the deadline. Other than they the kind five stayed in the middle,
0: but they're in a five game winning streak. Can they hold that momentum against the right, Astros? Right. Yeah, I think
1: good. the other thing too. The beginning of the week is, you know, what 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 are the Mets going to do here going going through this week? Because this is a big week for them, too. Um, you know, they don't do well against the Fish, and they have a terrible series against the Yankees. I, I think you can sign, seal, and be done. You know, this, this weekend series
0: may make or break whichever New York team wins and whichever New York team loses. It, it
1: really has, it, and what's so, you know, we you have that component, the baseball component of this game, this series. You have the 9 11 anniversary of this series and that's there, there will not be a so dry much in the
0: house during that no, game.
1: no, there is so much in this Yankees Mets series to me it's it's other than the Cup games and again the Friday you know Bryant tributes against the Giants that's that's the baseball I'm going to be watching
0: yeah yeah I'm really i I can't wait to see what they do for the 9/11 tribute in that series. I'm actually. I I was never a real fan of the all black Mets unis. I'm excited to see them brought out for this game, and I think, considering the game that it is, I think if they would have picked any other throwback uniforms, they'd be doing an injustice to that game. You know. All right, guys. So looking at the pick'em results from this past week, we did not do a great job as a whole. Not not gonna lie. <laughs> First of all. The freaking Cubs! Nobody picked the Cubs to go perfect last week. Uh, Nobody picked up any points. The Cubs went six. No, we all guessed they go. Me and Jason went three and three, and Joe, you went four and two. I'm sure you are more than happy to say, "Well, to hell with Pickham. The Cubs did great."
1: Oh, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I'll trade. I'll trade a perfect week for winning and Pickham for that week. Anyway,
0: we also all were horribly off with the Braves. We all thought they would go 4 and 3, 1 and 2, 3 and 1, and they went 0 and 3, 2 and 2, 2 and 2. Or 0 and 3, 2 and 2, excuse me. So, yeah, anyway, that kind of stunk. And then the Phillies, uh, we all guessed the 4 and 2 right. We just flip-flopped how the series would go. We all thought they'd go 4 and 2, 2 and 1, 2 and 1, and they decided to go 4 and 2, 3 and 0, 1 and 2. Because the Marlins, Marlin, the Phillies. And then the mystery team from last week was the Astros, and the Astros decided to throw a monkey wrench at us and fall apart. We thought they were going to go four and two, two and one, two and one. Jason thought the same. Joe, you actually were a little more pessimistic to get three and three, two and one, one and two. You picked up a half a game because they actually went two and four, or half a point, excuse me, because they went two and four, one and two, one and two, as they completely played like crap last week. <laughs> So, in the overall standings, Joe, you, you gained a half a point on Jason. The overall points are Jason at 37.5. You are up to 34, and I am at 32.5. So, well done last week for you, Joe. So, we'll see, we'll see how it goes coming up next week as this thing gets closer and closer to the end. And will you have enough to knock Jason off the pedestal? We'll find out. All right, guys. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spreaker. Follow us on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/Dollar Dogs and Beer. On our Twitter page, at Dollar Dogs and Beer. You can find us on Twitter. Andrew's at Pyrolord314. Jason's at J R I E K E R300. Joe is at Jolton Joe35. We are presented by Dark Arrow Podcast, LLC. May your dogs always cost a dollar, and may your beers always be cold. Have a good night, everybody. I hope it was a wonderful and safe Labor Day for you all.